I can tell you there is nothing worse than when you partner with a brand and you sign the contract and you know you like the product, you use it yourself, you're like, all right, this sounds like a great deal. And then they say, here's the script we would like you to read for this advertisement, or here's the word for word reel that we want you to make. And I'm like, you don't know me, you don't know my audience, you don't know how I would say things. Give me the freedom to be myself and record my own content. And all of my best performing brand deals, all of my sponsored posts that end up getting the most engagement and the highest click-through rate are the ones where the brands were like, say whatever you want. You have total freedom to be yourself because then I can have fun and I can be myself and I know what my audience wants from me. I'm not just like read a word-for-word script. Trust is everything. It likes and follows, who cares? What brands are really going to start measuring is trust. Obviously, you listen to Build Your Tribe because you're trying to figure out additional ways, additional streams of income to build and grow your business and to build and grow your social media. And if you haven't figured it out already, one of the best ways to make money on all social media platforms is with brand deals. I'm not talking about like the old school style of influencer where it's like a person getting ready with their makeup and they're just absolutely perfect. No, I'm talking about people who are super authentic and real and they're just like the person next door, and that's what makes them very believable. Brands want to work with people who have trust with their audience. They don't care how many followers you have, but they're not going to come looking for you. (laughs) That's a misconception. You have to go to them, and you have to do it in a way that shows them, yeah, I might not have any previous brand experience, but I understand this. I understand what's going on, and you send them the right kind of pitch. There's actually eight different steps involved, in my opinion, that are almost guaranteed to get you the kind of deals that you're looking for. And I'd be happy to share that with you. All you have to do is go to shaleen.com forward slash get a deal. And when you go there, shaleen.com forward slash get a deal, you'll enter your email address and I will send you back a complete report, like the eight steps you need to do to secure your first of hopefully many brand deals. Again, shaleen.com forward slash get a deal. Hello, mom. Welcome to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, Brock. We should probably welcome everybody else too. Yeah, we should. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of Build Your Tribe. Today, we're going to be talking about some sensationalized headlines that we've been seeing and some news that we've been hearing reported across all the different social networks regarding the death of the influencer and how the influencer economy is done for. That's what we're going to be talking about today. It's a big topic. People have been asking me, like, is it true that brand deals and sponsorship, I mean, so we, a lot of times people call it influencership, but we want you to know we're talking about people getting deals, getting relationships going with brands. And, and a lot of people want to know, like, is it truly on the way out? Brock, you've done your research on this, and I'm excited to hear what you've learned. Yeah. And what specifically has spurred this conversation today was that there was an article published in the New York Times about Lee from America, who is someone who I used to follow. I didn't even really remember when I first read the story, but then I checked her out on Instagram and I was like, oh yeah, I've seen her stuff before. But she was an influencer who has now left the world of influencing and gone back to a nine to five. She specifically noted that this transition wasn't necessarily due to burnout. I know we just did an entire Build Your Tribe talking about burnout, but she said hers wasn't even necessarily like she was burnt out from influencing. She just thinks that she has the foresight to predict that the influencer economy is kind of popping, right? It's kind of dying. And Mm -hmm. so she's just trying to provide for herself what she thinks is a more sustainable income 
more reliable than what she was getting from being an influencer. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to take that with a grain of salt. She was definitely one of those people that was at the top of the game for influencing. And I think we're seeing a lot of those people burn out because they're not getting the same kind of deals. It's much, much more competitive. And they are burning out because in order to make the same kind of money they were once making, like they've had to turn their lives over to the camera. So is the influencer play, is it dead? The influencer economy, is it still alive and thriving? Is it dead? I think what we need to do is differentiate between what we think of when we hear influencer, right? Right. There's a stereotypical mm-hmm. person. When I say influencer, there's a person we're thinking of. She's probably from like 2015, Instagram, the flat brimmed hat, the perfect aesthetics, the hey guys, right? It's the, yeah. it's the Kim Kardashian effect. Or everyone who was copying Kim. Even the whole like, hey guys, like everyone learned that from the Kardashians. And that's why it was like, it seems so inauthentic because freaking everybody was doing it. Mm-hmm. And that's also why it became like the stereotype of what an influencer is. Because everyone was just like parroting each other and copying each other. Yeah. And so that's what I'm talking about when I say influencer. And that's what I would even say is possibly even on the decline. That level influencer, that kind of person with hundreds of thousands, millions of followers who is copying the same phrases and vernacular and sales pitch and the same style and look as every other major influencer and every other Kardashian, that is what's on its way out. Why? There's a lot of research that's showing that the micro-influencer, or some people have called it the the creator, Mm -hmm. that is on its rise. That is on the come up. Well, I think people like to call themselves creators too because the term influencer for some has a negative connotation. Are there other reasons, Brock, that even brands are less trustful today of the mega influencers? Yeah, I was shocked when I read this stat. It was kind of surprising. I had to reread it a couple of times. But according to a 2019 study, brands estimated that they lost over $1 billion in influencer fraud, which is essentially paying influencers to make a post or do an advertisement, but those influencers didn't actually have the influence that they claimed to. So fake followers, fake engagement. When you said influencer fraud, I was like, what are they, are they embezzling money? Kind of. So what you're saying is based on research, they've been able to determine that they've got fake followers or fake engagement. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So you can buy followers online. You can go on some sleazy websites and pay a hundred bucks and get a couple hundred thousand followers. And then you could pay another website a couple hundred bucks. And now you're getting really consistently high engagement. For most of us, we've now progressed to the point where we can look at it and be like, this is fake engagement, right? You have Mm. 300 comments from people who don't have a profile picture, but these brands can't always tell. And oftentimes it can be confusing. I will say that most people can't tell. I mean, Mm. I have friends who teach Instagram and I'll have conversations with them about so-and-so and and they don't pick, they are not able to determine, they don't see some of the things that you and I know because of our, you know, partly because of Insta Club Hub and this huge community we have and we're always able to pull our students. But for example, these engagement pods, those are real people, Mm -hmm. right? And the average person doesn't know how to see and to be able to tell that someone's using an engagement pod, but engagement pods, a big brand knows when you're using an engagement pod. So it makes these influencers look more, I don't know, like maybe they got more cloud amongst each other, but the brands Mm -hmm. 
are not falling for it. So you're only damaging your personal brand by using those engagement pods. So yeah. they are less trustful of them because they're onto them. They're onto these like fake numbers, et cetera. Are mm -hmm. there other reasons why? Yeah, yeah, and I want to also be clear, like they're onto it now. In that 2019 study, they weren't onto it then. That's why they lost a billion dollars and that's why they had to get onto it. And also now with advanced technology and AI, like these brands can really do their research. Their research used to include looking you up on Instagram and seeing, ooh, you have a couple hundred thousand followers. Okay, we're going to pay you 500 bucks or $30,000 to make a post. And then that's how they ended up losing over a billion dollars in paying these influencers. But these micro influencers, these creators, they're on the rise because people trust them more. They're just so much more authentic. People mm. are way more likely to purchase from them. And now some recent studies show that brands are 16% more likely to work with a micro influencer, which let's add a definition. Micro influencer, we're defining it as anyone with less than 100,000 followers. Mm. Brands are now 16% more likely to work with them than macro influencers. You know how there are some platforms that have just been around since the beginning. They've been tried and true and they've never really wavered. Well, eBay is one of those platforms in my opinion. And if you're looking for a top-notch resource that can help you start, run, and grow your business specifically on eBay, then look no further than the eBay for Business podcast. Hosted by eBay employees, this podcast features sellers, industry experts, and executives who share their experiences, advice, and tips for running a successful business on eBay. They cover everything from product and campaign launches to even things like tax reporting so you can stay up to date on all of the latest developments and trends. Plus, they even have Q&A sessions where they answer seller-submitted questions so that you can get your most pressing concerns addressed by the experts themselves. So what are you waiting for? Tune in weekly for the eBay for Business podcast, the go-to source for all things eBay. Listen wherever you listen to podcasts and take your eBay business to the next level. Some recent studies show that brands are 16% more likely to work with a micro-influencer, which let's add a definition, Micro-influencer, we're defining it as anyone with less than 100,000 followers. Mm. Brands are now 16% more likely to work with them than macro-influencers. So, Brock, I'm going to ask you, why is it brands are gambling now on nano and micro-influencers? And I think you can say, because they're not gambling, because they used to be like, oh, they've got this many followers, this much engagement. We think it's going to perform this well. Now, there are tools where you can actually see how well a person is converting so therefore, there's someone with like really small numbers who, you know, they've got advanced software and tools like ManyChat where they can actually see your conversion rate. So Brock, then why is it, I guess, that brands are willing to take this gamble on kind of unproven smaller accounts, people who aren't, aren't internet famous? Yeah, I think that it's actually not a gamble necessarily. Brands can see the conversion rates and businesses are always going to be all about the numbers. And it's no lie now, it's no secret that these smaller micro influencers, even though they have less followers, they on average have a much higher engagement rate. On every single social media app, the less followers you have, the higher your engagement rate is. And brands mm. really value that. And those lower level influencers, those micro influencers with less than 100,000 followers, they have a much higher conversion rate. And brands can track this stuff. They're getting smart. They're able to look at the actual numbers and see that you have a way higher percentage of converting your followers into customers. And we can get into why, but in short, it's because these smaller communities 
really trust the people mm. they follow. They're trusting these micro influencers and these micro influencers are oftentimes super focused within a niche. Like they know one topic they're speaking to, they're addressing one problem, talking about one solution, talking to one group of people. Yeah. Whereas the Kardashians or these mega influencers, they have millions of followers and thus they have permission to talk about anything and everything. That's true. Okay, so then with all of these opportunities, someone who is interested and we're going to stop maybe using the word influencer because I know some people are mm -hmm. like, I don't want to be an influencer. Okay. But yeah. let's just say that you're someone who has under a hundred thousand followers, maybe you have 20,000, maybe you have 10,000. I mean, we have hundreds and hundreds of students of ours in, in the club hub who are micro influencers and they understand how to create that trust. Should they just be checking their inbox to see if brands are reaching out to them? Should they be taking any deal that comes their way because now there's on both Instagram and TikTok, there's a way for brands to reach out to you. Should they just strike while the iron's hot? Yeah. Take them all? Well, first of all, no, definitely don't take them all. But what I will say is usually when you're first getting started, especially when you're on the even lower end of being a micro influencer, you're just getting started. Brands probably aren't going to come reaching out to you. The only right. real collaboration invitations that you're going to get are those spammy comments that say DM to collab, right? Yeah. And that's super inauthentic. It's usually some scammer trying to get your money. But when you're first getting started, it's important that you are reaching out to brands, that you are getting connected with companies. And we could go off on a whole side tangent of all the best practices for that. But let's get back to, you know, who should you work with? What kind of money should you chase and what kind of deals should you not chase? I would say first and foremost, you need to be really, really careful with how you vet and pick and choose which brands to partner with mm -hmm. because the reason that you can be so effective as a micro influencer is because you have trust. Your followers trust you. There's no mm -hmm. one who trusts you more than this small, intimate community. And yes. so that trust is the most valuable commodity. That trust is how you ultimately will get them to visit the link or to sign up for whatever it is that you're promoting. And so if you're working with brands that aren't in alignment with you, if you're working with just anyone who's willing to pay you, your followers are going to know that and you're going to lose their trust, which means you are also going to lose your influence. So work with brands that you know are in alignment with you. Work with brands that have a shared value, that have a product that you've used before and you can really trust it and you can stand behind it and say, I've used this, I use it in my own life, I like it, I love it, I've used it for X amount of time. Mm -hmm. It's not just something that you're getting paid to promote. And then the other note that I will give about picking brands to partner with, and this one's something that a lot of people don't think about when they're first getting into this world, mm -hmm. is partner with brands that still allow you to be you. Partner with brands who allow you to be authentic and yourself because I can tell you there is nothing worse then when you partner with a brand and I've, I've done this before myself and you sign the contract and you know, you like the product, you use it yourself. You're like, all right, this sounds like a great deal. And then they say, here's the script we would like you to read for this advertisement, or here's the word for word reel that we want you to make. And I'm like, you don't know me. You don't know my audience. You don't know how I would say things. Give me the freedom to be myself and record my own content and all of my best performing brand deals all of my sponsored posts that end up getting the most engagement and the highest click-through rate are the ones where the brands were like, say whatever you want. You have total freedom to be yourself because then I can have fun and I can be myself and I know what my audience wants from me. I'm not just like reading a word-for-word -word script. 
Hey, I just wanted to interrupt really quickly because if you're listening to Build Your Tribe, it's probably because you want to make money online. You want to monetize your social media. Well, if that's true, then I need to tell you about our monetize your social media workshops that we're going to be holding. We're going to be holding a few of them over the next few days. And if you want to sign up, it's totally free. Just go to shaleen.com forward slash monetize. That's C-H-A-L-E-N-E.com forward slash monetize. And you can find the link down in the description. The dates are going to be Thursday the 27th at 5 p.m. Pacific time, Saturday the 29th at 11 a.m. Pacific time, and Sunday the 30th at 11 a.m. Pacific time. But even if you can't attend live, we'll be sending out replays, of course, as well, so you can watch it whenever it's convenient for you. But it's totally free, and we're going to help you actually make money from your social media. So make sure to sign up. Again, shaleen.com forward slash monetize, because if you're listening to Build Your Tribe, this workshop is perfect for you. All of my sponsored posts that end up getting the most engagement and the highest click-through rate are the ones where the brands were like, say whatever you want. You have total freedom to be yourself because then I can have fun and I can be myself and I know what my audience wants from me. I'm not just like reading a word-for-word script. I'll share a story. So one of the brands that I work with did exactly that. And it was a new relationship, so I, I really wanted to be easy to work with. And they were like, here's what we need you to post. And this is what I want to say to any one of you, who, especially if you understand marketing and you understand the psychology of the people who are following you and why they're following you, you know what they're going to respond to. These brands have no clue. I'm sorry. And a lot of them have hired somebody straight out of college. Again, no offense, but they don't know marketing either or they would be marketing themselves. And so you're on this call with someone who's been told, like have all of our brand deals read this script word for word here's the must read so i had this opportunity to work with this one brand and they you know they did exactly that and i was like i really would kind of like to do it this way the only way i could get a deal with them is if my first reel with them was a collab reel well i know and you and i both know that when you as a larger account does a collab with a smaller account you're going to get smaller reach the little account might get something, but they want my people. You know what I'm saying? So I knew that wasn't going to work out well. And then they wanted me to read the script and they wanted me to say, click in, you know, Lincoln, but all the things that we know because we teach people this stuff, mm-hmm. this is going to diminish your reach. It's going to diminish your click-throughs. It's going to diminish the engagement. It's going to perform horribly. But I decided to just do it and then come mm-hmm. back to them and show them why and also present to them. I want to give you another post and I want to show you how I would have done this. This is like a freebie. And so I did another post that was entirely organic. I wasn't selling it. I was showing people how I I use this product. I didn't say click, nothing. I just created curiosity the way we teach people templates to follow. And the post blew up. From there on, moving forward, they trusted me to know how to market to my following. And if they hadn't, I probably would have ended that relationship Number one, because it doesn't feel good to not perform well. Number two, it sucks to have someone basically like they're hurting my engagement. They're hurting my opportunity to serve my audience in a way that's authentic. And that's not fun. And nobody needs to take money that isn't fun and doesn't feel authentic. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And then I would also say, look for brands that you can do a long-term partnership with. I love the kind of resolution of your story is after you gave them the second post for free, showing them how you would do it. Now you're working together on a reoccurring basis. And that is the real golden goose of brand partnerships and influencer marketing. Because 
when you just do one post about this and then another post about this thing and then another post about this thing, it's confusing and somewhat overwhelming to your audience. And it also breaks their trust, right? Because every single week or every single day you're promoting some new brand or company. I remember there was this one influencer I saw who I knew from a past life. And <laughs> he was posting on her Instagram stories in the same day about two competing brands. Oh, she was wow. a fitness influencer and in the same day was influencing, posting a sponsored post for two competing brands. Now, a lot of times brands are going to have non-competes in there where like you can't promote a competitor within 30 days. But this was crazy for me to see because this showed me that she was chasing after the dollar rather than staying true to her followers. Mm -hmm. She wasn't staying true to her own authenticity and the brand she actually loved and, and used. She was just promoting anything that was anyone who was willing to pay her. And so the ideal scenario is finding brands who not just want to partner with you for one post, but want to do one post a month for the next six months Dude. or three reels and three stories over the course of the next month, something like that. And that's something that you can bring up during your initial negotiations and communications with these brands is just express that interest. Hey, if this is mutually beneficial, I would love to continue this relationship. I would love to make this a partnership that isn't just a one-off post. I would love to maybe even extend onto my other social media channels, or I'd love to feature you on my podcast if this goes well on my Instagram, and you can parlay one sponsorship into multiple. That's exactly what we do. So for example, I don't want to do a bad job for a brand. I want to kill it for them. I want them to go like, oh my God, this is amazing. We want a multi-year deal with you. And those are the kinds of relationships that I prefer to develop. So that means I've got to get on the phone, no one can sell me like I can sell me. And I don't even need to sell myself. I need to sell the brand and how much I love their brand. So mm -hmm. it has to be a brand I already am excited about. And then I want to explain to them with marketing, in order to be familiar with something, like people have to see it so many times before they're like, wait, what is this? Like every day I get messages about the same products I've been promoting for years and they'll say, I can't remember the name of the CBD that you talk about. And I'm like, I can't believe they can't remember the name, but I feel like I'm saying it all the time, right? Yeah. So I tell brands like, I want my audience to be really, really familiar with this. I will do a much better job for you. If we can look at putting together a package. So maybe they'll come to me and they'll offer me, let's just use a random number, a certain amount for two stories. And I'll say, mm -hmm. what if I bring that rate down and we look at doing this for six months so I can really crush it for you. And mm -hmm. what if I also threw in for that same price, TikTok? Because once I've created the content, it's easy for me to upload it to TikTok as well, right? Or some other platform. I'm a big fan of once you've got them interested, know your stuff and be able to sweeten the deal by making it something that's a win-win. You're reducing your price maybe, but offering them a relationship where it's much more seamless and much more organic for your customer's experience too. Because as you said, Brock, trust is everything. It likes and follows, who cares? What brands are really going to start measuring is trust. Mm -hmm. Which speaks to the point of what you said earlier, don't buy followers. Don't do these engagement groups or buying shout outs from other fake influencers to become your own fake influencer. Like there's so many scammy, sleazy, inauthentic ways to grow. But in actuality, 
the most authentic way to grow is also oftentimes the slowest way to grow. So be okay with growing slower than someone who's buying 100,000 fake followers. It's okay because you're actually building trust, you're actually building a community, and you're actually building relationships. One thing that you did bring up, Mom, that I think is important to note as well is this idea of price and how much you're charging. And I think that's part of the reason that there's this headline and this this news that the the influencer economy is done. And it's because influencers have lost touch with what they should be charging. A lot of these people with hundreds of thousands or millions of followers who are again getting lower engagement rates and lower click-through rates and they're not performing for brands, they're charging, and I kid you not, hundreds of thousands of dollars for one post. I know podcasters who are doing million dollar, multi-million dollar, hundreds of millions of dollars with deals just to be exclusive on certain streaming platforms. It's crazy the amount of money that some of these people are charging. And for a while, a lot of these people were receiving, but now brands are like, wait, why would I work with this one influencer who's gonna cost me $150,000 for one reel, when instead, I could work with a bunch of micro influencers who have way more engaged communities. I could pay these people a way more fair rate and I'm going to get way better results for it. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's ROI. That's all they care about. Because you stayed to the end, now we are going to, I'm going to share with you what you need to be looking for if you're trying to figure out yourself, just because maybe you're nosy or you're curious. If somebody is engaging in some of these bogus numbers that you're seeing on their accounts. All right. So number one, if you're trying to figure out, maybe you are a brand that's looking to partner with some of these micro or nano influencers and you're trying to figure out without using software what's really going on, one of the first things you can do is take a look by scrolling back through their last year's worth of posts. Very quick to do. Just tap on the reels icon and take a look at the number of likes they get on average for their content. If they are very close to the same number, like it's 6,900, it's 6,700, it's 7,000, and those numbers are really close almost every single time, guaranteed, those are purchased likes. Because somebody with authentic content is going to have spikes of a 20,000 like, and then a 4,000 like, and then a 50,000 like, and then a 2,000 like. That's real, okay? The Mm -hmm. next thing you can do is see if they have about the same number of comments for almost every single reel. Then take a look at those comments. If most of those comments are saying things that, it might even be a long comment, but you'll see them, a lot of these engagement groups, let's talk about they're real people making real comments, but they're part of an engagement group. And the idea is you have to jump on somebody else's post and you make a meaningful comment, which is usually like, thanks for sharing this, babe. Oh, beautiful post, so beautiful. And then if you go and click on that person, they've got the same comments from the same people. That's Mm -hmm. an engagement group. The other thing Mm -hmm. you can do or see sometimes is if you click on the people who are making comments, they have two posts. It's from a different country. The English is broken. The comments don't really make sense. And those are usually bots. Mm-hmm. Some other things that I would say to look for is if you're seeing a huge discrepancy between likes and comments. So if you're seeing someone who has like <laughs> 15,000 likes and they have like six comments, that yeah. doesn't make any sense no. because the amount of views and likes that that person is receiving and yet of those 15,000 likes, which is probably hundreds of thousands of viewers, 
only like five of them decided they had anything to say, anything to comment. That's very unlikely. So that's no, something it's not happening. Forward. Also, if the comments are just super generic and basic, kind of like you said, mom, where it's just maybe a couple emojis or, or things that also don't really specifically relate to the post, mm -hmm. things that are just super compliments that could be put on any post on Instagram. Yeah. Another dead giveaway that someone has maybe purchased followers or done something like this is a sudden, seemingly drastic change in <laughs> engagement. So if you're scrolling back and it's like Four three likes. likes Five yeah. likes, seven likes, 14 yeah. likes. And then all of a sudden it goes to like 9,500, yeah. 9,500, yeah. 9,503. Yeah. And it's super, it, like it's overnight, yeah. seemingly. It's like a rapid jump yes. from super low to super high. That's a dead giveaway. My favorite is when they forget, like, or maybe they didn't pay the bill that month, right? And so <laughs> they get 9,000 likes, 9,000 likes, 9,000 likes, and then they get 120 likes. You can tell that, uh-oh, they forgot to repay the whoever it is they're paying to do this stuff. And lastly, it's that person who has a ton of followers, but they're not getting any likes or comments that match the numbers. Like they've got maybe 30,000 followers, but they're getting 20 likes and three comments and two of those comments are about crypto coin. Yeah. Sometimes people bought followers a long, long time ago. What do you do about that? There's nothing you can do about it now. Like, you know, you just, you got to rebuild, if you will. But moving forward, don't do any of these things because very soon, even the small brands will be able to spot this stuff and it just hurts your brand and trust factor in the long run. Mm -hmm. Trust is the absolute greatest currency and it's what micro influencers have. It's what mega influencers are losing. Thank you all so much for listening today. Mom, thank you for joining me in this conversation. We'll see you all in the next time. And don't forget to subscribe if you enjoyed today's podcast. And also, if you're watching on YouTube, give us a little like because we're trying to grow on YouTube as well. And we're having fun with the video-based version of this podcast. Hey, hey, yes. Do you want to see what we're wearing? or how our hair is styled, or how Brock's hair is shaved, his head is shaved and mine is not, you better jump over to YouTube because that's where you can find us and the link to that is in our show notes. All right, Brock, I'll see you soon. Love you. Bye.